Hey everybody, welcome to Real Nerds. I just got the hand job from Brad and it felt so great to see that hand. The what job? <laughs> the hands job. Yeah, I was trying to be funny. <laughs> because you're, you know, you, when you're not here, no one uses their hand. No to one cues you? No one cues me, I just go. <sighs> that wasn't as funny as the first time we did it. So anyways, to my so left James, is... This is the first time we did it. <laughs> to my left is... Brad. To my right is... Sad James. And I'm in the middle of a dude sandwich. See, James, oh, I still shit. did it. I still did it. No, the... Oh, all right. What are you guys talking about? What are you saying? What are you implying? Oh, uh, we fucked up at the beginning, so this is a re-recording of... Yeah, we started recording this without Brad here, and we forgot to unplug the computer, and so it buzzes really bad. And then he showed up, and he was like, hey, guys, you were stupid, and you forgot to unplug the computer. And, and then like, he saved us, and Brad. So we were like, oh, man, we've got to re-record the whole thing. So what we're doing what right now, th- me? this is for Brad. Did you ever know that you're my hero? That, that was for Brad. Anyways. Uh, well, it certainly wasn't for me. Well, when you remember to unplug the computer, then we'll, um, oh, I'll sing oh, that to you. Oh, sure, shit. Oh, all right. Um, we saw Moneyball this week. We'll get to that soon. But first, real news time. The first bit of news I have is because while I'd say I'm a fan of the Resident Evil movies, I like them. They're enjoyable. Um, I got a piece of casting news that I was not happy with. It turns out that the worst part of Resident Evil, the first one, Michelle Rodriguez is making her return to Resident Evil 5. What? How is that possible? Well, I have no idea, guys. She got shot in the head and turned into a zombie. That's insane. I didn't know this. I know. Dude, we're terrible actors. <laughs> well, you two are. I'm really carrying the weight. It's like I, I'm the Liam Neeson, and you're Jake Lloyd, and you're... Are you going to kick me in the face, Liam Neeson? Uh, no. Well, I don't know who else is bad in that. That one little alien guy who's Jake Lloyd's friend in episode the, one. Yoda? The Jamaican guy who plays... <laughs> Yoda? <laughs> no, it's the, the guy that looks like uh, guy. Greedo from the episode four. It's like the little alien... Whatever, it's a green guy. Watto? No. It's his friend. It's like a schoolmate. Oh, 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 yeah. He doesn't have a name. How would you know his name? He's schoolmate number one. Schoolmate, yeah, he's alien. He just does this. He's, actually, actually, I think I think it's been right kind that that is Greedo. Really? Yup. Wow. I would. Wow. I'm. I'm gonna put a dollar on it. Wow. Well, look it up. I know. I don't know where you'd look it up at. But yeah, anyway, so Michelle Rodriguez is back in Resident Evil, and that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, I, I mean, hopefully they'll get more shots of her looking down and then looking up, really pissed off at the camera. My her favorite, go-to expression. My favorite franchises are the franchises that have already killed off Michelle Rodriguez, and so I, 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 this shakes shakes me down to the core. I mean, I thought I was safe with those movies because they, they're doing the same thing in uh, the Fast and Furious movies. They killed her. I was happy. They started <laughs> making good movies. I was happier. And now she's back. And now I'm sad. And no amount of The Rock in Fast 6 will make up for that. Do you think they'll call it V6? <laughs> no, I think it's going to be Six Furious. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think it's going to be Six Furious. Anyway. I think cool. the bigger question is why are they even making another Resident Evil movie? Because it makes tons of money. It That's does. But the fourth one is shit. <laughs> you almost hit that right on cue from the last one. That's pretty good, Brad. I- I'm proud of you. Shut up. This is the first time we've done this today. <laughs> and Brad wasn't even here the first time we yeah, did That's right. Oh, my phone is dead. So, uh, James, what, you got, what do you James? got for me? Oh, what other news we got? I was thinking we'd start with the good news, and then we'd go to the bad news, and then we'd go to the clearly recorded news. <laughs> so... Um, the good news <laughs> is that the Alamo Draft House, which is this little chain of, of sort of indie theaters um, down in Texas, mostly in, in uh, uh, 
Austin. San Antonio? No. Hey, I think it's in Austin. Where's Maybe the basement the of the Alamo? There's no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> what? <laughs> Was that uh, a joke we James did the first time? I'm out of the joke. No, I don't know. Uh, it's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. I'm, that movie scared me because of uh, Big Bertha. Anyway. <laughs> um, draft House. What's going on? Oh, so the Draft House has decided that they want to expand uh, their theater. <laughs> Uh, I shouldn't do that while we're recording. James is really excited about it. He's like cheering <laughs> it on with his fist. He is. No, I'm trying to... My my phone does this thing now where the screen goes completely white, and I have, I used to be able to take the battery out and put it back in, and it would turn on. Now I have to take the battery out and shake it to get the circuits to all line up again, and then put the battery back in to get it to work. Um, so that's what I was doing. Sorry. Uh, so the Alamo Draft House is expanding, and they've decided that Denver is going to be the first ta- town that they expand to, uh, which is pretty neat. Um, they're putting one in in Littleton in Aspen Grove, uh, and it's it's a really cool place. They they yeah. do alcohol, they do food. They you there's a little theater that you can rent for private parties. Um, do you think I can rent the Amazing Spider-Man for that one? I don't think you can. <laughs> yeah, ah! I think you maybe would be able to afford five minutes. <laughs> you know that they do that at the local landmark theaters. Oh wait, that's Brad's line. Um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is oh, worth wow. noting that Landmark here already does these things, but go on. It is, Yeah, it is true, but we couldn't afford it. I don't think so. Ryan, do you think we could afford it? No, but it's cool that there are uh, different styles of theaters are coming because uh, one thing I will say about when we went to the film center, you know, you usually get movie people, so you don't have to deal with the stupid exactly. crowds. And this is yeah. the same kind of thing. In fact, there's there was a really good story about six months ago that your wife is a big fan of, of this drunk girl who was texting in a movie and the Alamo Draft House just straight up kicked her out. And then she, like... Oh, my she, God, she left ushers? A, That's great. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, she left a, this horrible, like, message on their answering machine to complain about what they did, and she sounds horribly drunk, and it's, it's really funny. Um, nice. So I'm really excited to have them there, to have them here, I mean... Uh, and and hopefully it'll be it'll be really cool. Um, the next thing is the Emmys, which uh, long How story. We talk about this again. Long, no, no, no. Long, long story <laughs> short, Steve Carell has never won for playing his role in The Office, um, which is a shame. And Community for the second year in a row gets completely snubbed with no nominations. Big Bang Theory is garbage, and Mad Men won for best drama. And Mad Men is what we're doing right now, talking. Yeah, but we're not having sex, which there's a lot of. Maybe after this. <sighs> well, here, let me shake my phone some more. Um, so now he's like shaking it like he's jerking someone off. I was shaking it like that before. Uh, and then the next thing that we need to talk about really quick is uh, Netflix is gone stupid. Uh, we're we're continuing a, what is a new segment of what did they fuck up this week. With Netflix, <laughs> Netflix deciding to split their company in half. Ryan, had you heard about this before? I haven't. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, which is amazing to me. Um, what they what they're doing basically is Netflix is going to continue being the name for the streaming side of their company, but the uh, videos in the mail, the DVDs in the mail, will now be called Quickster, and it'll also have video games. Uh, you'll be charged separately. There will be separate websites, and there will be uh, two separate queues, which is really frustrating. It doesn't make the website any better. It doesn't make up for the fact that you're paying more. It actually makes me want to drop one and not the other. Absolutely. And Quickster, what is that? Quick the Rabbit's zany cousin who who's zany and full of spunk? 
I believe it's because Netflix believes that their delivery service is so fast that they're <laughs> trying to capitalize on that. It sounds like a like an oil change place. It sounds like, <laughs> it it sounds like of, Friendster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Friendster, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a combination between Friendster and Come and Go. Um, anyway... Uh, doesn't matter to me. I drop my DVDs by mail, so I'm only getting streaming now. So Which, I, That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. You know what you should do? You live with your parents, so... You know what I should do? <laughs> I live with my parents, so I'll probably uh, drop the streaming on my parents' account and drop the DVDs on my account, um, and then I'll probably talk about doing that again later. Yeah, because um, we don't know exactly what, <laughs> what we said after this part. Um, but stay tuned if you really want to hear what we said originally. Um, it's pretty much the same thing. And you want to listen to an annoying buzz? Brad's going to grace you with putting it at the end. Very yeah. end. So He loves putting it in the end yeah. of your whole... Dude, that, that's not cool. Brad, say bye. Why would you... But, Why would I... Because then yeah. I can force you to do it now since you're not going to do it at the end of the podcast. Oh, that's right. You don't say bye at the end of the podcast. Bizarre. Because it's weird. implied, guys. <laughs> do I have to spell it out for our listeners every time? We've really, we've really gotten off track, so hopefully we can get ourselves back on track. Yeah, it's going to be hard for Brad to edit. You guys are ruining my life. Ah. <laughs> so, explaining more what Quickster does. So, here's <laughs> the thing Netflix is an amazing piece of branding. At this point, people don't say, I'm going to rent that movie. They tell, pe- they'll t- they tell their friends, You should Netflix it. It has become an actual word in the lexicon. No one is going to start saying, you should quickster that movie. <laughs> They're still going to say Netflix, but then it's going to be, every time that somebody says, you should Netflix this movie, it's going to remind them how frustrating using their Netflix account is now. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, they did such a good job, you know, that, that red envelope with that name on it has become so iconic that to throw that away, I mean, it's still going to be a red envelope, but it's going to say quickster from Netflix on it. Um, it's it's idiotic, and it's. Do they I, think, I think people are too stupid to know that Netflix is the same one, and they need to split it up in two? So, no, I, I, I don't know. The way that this was announced was it was uh, the the CEO of Netflix wrote a le- an open letter, which begins as a really good apology for what they've done. It starts off, and he's saying like, "I understand we haven't been talking to our customers well enough lately." And so I'm going to come out and explain to you why we did things. He even said he was arrogant about his decision. He even said that he had been arrogant about it. That's right. And I, I started reading this and I thought, I've never really been a Netflix fan. I was a big, I worked for Blockbuster. I was a big Blockbuster guy. Uh, and I started reading this and I was like falling in love with Netflix suddenly. I thought, you are, you're going to be honest with me. This is great. Because I thought he's going to explain to me why they raise prices, which pr- basically I, I was pretty sure it meant he was going to say, we wanted to raise prices so we could get more streaming, uh, which is fine because I think it's a good service and I'm willing to pay for it. But that's not what he did. What he starts talking about is how they want to focus on their the two businesses separately, and so they're completely splitting the company. Hmm. Which I think their their thought process there is they don't want it to be called Netflix if you're getting video video games in the mail, and they also want to be able to advertise the two things separately. They want to be able to have commercials where they're saying like, "You can get you can d- get DVDs really cheap in the mail," and it's a reaction to what we talked about last week, where people were dropping Netflix because they didn't under- they they saw their price hike and they didn't understand that since they were only using DVDs before, they could just cancel the streaming and only use DVDs now. Um, but it's stupid. <laughs> like they should have just come forward and said, "This is why we did things," and then try to fix this instead of make everything worse. I mean, honestly, 
in my mind, this makes me, a guy who was willing to pay for both of them, want to cancel one or the other just because I don't want to have to deal with two separate things. Yeah, it seems clumsy. Yeah. I canceled my DVD part, so... Did you really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have happened, a feeling I will, so. too. I've had My Neighbor Totoro at my, at my, in my room for three weeks now just because... I haven't watched it, but I've been watching a shit ton of Star Trek Next Generation on streaming. <laughs> Based know? on the fact that new releases are rarely available the same day that they're released, and then also the fact that most new releases are on standby, yeah, I was just like, I'm not gonna host. I'm not gonna host a queue for this anymore. Like, I'm just gonna stream, and you know, I'll either go to Redbox if I want something yeah. right away. That I, I rarely find myself wanting the new release the day of anyway. Yeah. So it's just, and if you do, it's probably a movie you worth. saw, and you just want to go buy it anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just I, streaming is like, well, I really just want to watch TV shows. So yeah. Streaming, so I have to buy disc sets and everything. So I was like, that's. I guess I'm going to go with the streaming, and it's also the cheapest option. So yeah, the streaming is the one that I use the most, in all honesty. But the, I also I liked having the DVD because it meant that um, I'm always trying to beef up. The, the old movies that I haven't seen, like My Neighbor Totoro, mm. uh, though obviously I'm not that committed to it, <laughs> um, and you can't get that that catalog in the old one. Now, maybe they're doing this because they want you to they want to beef up their streaming so much that then that's never an issue. Maybe Hopefully. every movie would be on streaming. That would be great. But for now, this is stupid. Uh, it's also what, a shame that like as a I also had Blu-ray uh, Blu-ray discs on my queue, and I oh, want to yeah. be able to preview and make sure that picture quality is good and stuff and yeah you know especially enjoy the, the high definitionness of my entertainment center and right but it's not that important to me so what i'll probably do and this will this will be sly since i'm living at home right now i will probably cancel my dvds and cancel my parents streaming and then just use them both in the same household because <laughs> uh the other side of this is now uh it is perfect timing. Dish has announced that since they bought Blockbuster, they are introducing a $10 a month DVD by the mail service, which is also intertwined with the stores, as well as if you pay for that and you're a Dish Network subscriber, you get this huge streaming service for $10 a month, which nice. is well, a Yeah, really I heard about them price. doing that a long time ago. Uh, people... Thought the Dish Network CEO was crazy for buying Blockbuster. I, I thought he was crazy for buying Blockbuster. But he uh, he said he had a plan for it, and looks like he did. Yeah, and, and, says, and he is lucky because yeah. right now it's it looks really good. And look, you know, you know everybody knows the Blockbuster logo comes in an envelope like that. Maybe it'll catch on. Yeah, no, Blockbuster never you know split their company into different things. And I mean, they went down, but at least they went down still with a good name, <laughs> not Quickster, which is just. Anyway, the last little bit of news that I have is uh, they're making a movie. They no, are. sorry, they're not making a movie. This is a TV show. This is even worse. They're making a TV show, which will be called Extreme Musical Chairs. Wait, like really musical chairs? Yeah, it'll be musical chairs, <laughs> but extreme. But it'll be extreme. <laughs> is it just going to be an extreme, or is they're going to put the e in front of it? Because I want to know if this is. I think it'll be extreme. <laughs> I want to know if it's extreme enough. Mid nineties, or if it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's just extreme musical. So chairs. it's a competition show with musical chairs. It's some kind of competition show. It's not entirely clear, like how it will be extreme, but it will not simply be musical chairs. They will be extreme. Wow. 
Probably, uh, you know, knives thrown at them, or that'd be sweet. I I would bet over a Shark Tank. I would bet that at some point there will be a challenge where there's actually the same number of chairs as contestants, and you run around. But then when you sit in a chair, one of the chairs will drop into a into a pool of water under. Dude, the you're in the, in on the meetings. <laughs> I, I think I might be. Yeah, I just came. <laughs> it up was with your that. idea. It took me three seconds to come. It up was with your idea for extreme musical chairs. I uh, know you. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any other really big news this week. Me neither. Um, yeah, kind of a mellow week again. Seems like a lot of movies Brad, news is are filming right now. Brad, how long have we been recording? Twenty-two minutes. Twenty-two minutes. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm just keeping an eye oh. for Sierra to make sure everything. Oh yeah, we did get our first hate mail. Not, what? Not like mailed to us, but text to James about uh, Sierra went and saw Drive with us last week. And she said it takes too long for us to get to the review of the movie. Uh-huh. We, we weren't supposed to mention that till the end because we're supposed to. I want to talk about mention Sierra at the end of a podcast because that'll make her listen to the whole thing. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, um, but we'll say something else about her at the end. Oh sure, yeah yeah. Choose your own adventure. Something, something mean. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, that was our one critique. Actually, I kind of agree with that. Like the last. Oh few yeah, episodes, no, no. You guys have been like a lot on news. I I agree yeah. too. Yeah, so. and I'm you know I'm. Trying to figure out like which things do we not talk about when they're announced because we're going to talk about them later anyway. You know, like do we need to talk about the fact that they're making a point break creep? Well, yeah, we needed to talk about that because fucking stupid. But something like that, you could just wait until they make a point break movie and then insult it. Right. Yeah. Oh, so someone I mean, who hasn't even been here is going <laughs> to critique us too. What a fucking dick. <laughs> Those guys talk a lot about community, which you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Oh boy, uh, Brad, what have you been watching? Maybe, maybe you could watch Community, Brad, and then you can be in on the end joke. Have you what? been watching busy. Community? No. Oh. What a Is it limp a dick. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Well, oh. What have you been watching this week, Brad? Um, not nothing this week. Um, what have you been week, watching I... this week? Right? No. Okay. <laughs> You're <fine>. done. Next. <laughs> what did you see last week? Um, oh, you saw you saw Drive, right? Yeah, I saw Drive. Oh, good. Did you and like I, it? I, yeah, I really liked it. Oh, good. Um, are you guys gonna watch Bronson now? You know, I think uh, it's on well, streaming. Well, up right now. Right. You know, it's it's in my Quickster queue. Um, <laughs> Actually, I know it's on streaming. So you know. Oh, is it really? It. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Then it's in my Netflix queue. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Drive a lot. Um, it's there's a lot of tones of Bronson to it so yeah um is that movie also mostly silent because that's the thing no no let's talk about it the main character like in drive the main character is pretty silent but in Bronson it's the character's more like a more of a comedian he's really goofy but like subject material is also brutal and harsh yeah um but just the overall aesthetic of it was very similar like there's Hmm. like the 80s synth music and then mixed with uh you know orchestral and then the violence is yeah, <laughs> pretty harsh. Um, yeah, actually, a lot harsher in Drive than Bronson. Oh, okay. Um, so Good, I like that. I was a little afraid I wasn't going to watch Bronson now because I was afraid of the violence. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw Adaptation and The Good, Bad, and the Weird. So. Had you not seen Adaptation before? Mm-mm. Really? Did yeah. you like it? Yeah, it's a movie I'll have to watch twice. Yeah, I I kind of latched onto it towards the second half. Right, exactly. But I was talking to someone else about it, and they pointed out some things that I missed. So when you're so, you're sort of supposed to, uh, Ryan, have you seen adaptation? I have. Yeah. So it's sort of a movie where, or at least in in my interpretation of the movie, where the first half of the movie is kind of like what a movie about a book about flowers would be like, and then you get in, you know. Well, I guess the first half kind of sets up how to write what happens in the second half so yeah 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 no, i didn't catch that i like that. that's a that's a very meta 
yeah, fun movie. It's a meta movie. Um, um, what was the other one? I also watched it on a laptop, which is always tough. Oh. Yeah, to watch movies on, but it's yeah. fine. Um, and then The Good, The Bad, The Weird, which is an Asian uh, Western, I guess. Um, which, again, I was kind of lost the first half, and then it all kind of came together towards the second half where they're trying to find this uh, treasure that doesn't turn out to be what they expect. And hmm. It's pretty cool. A lot of action. Is it really like, action uh, is it new? Is it like... Um, it's from like a year or two ago, maybe. Oh, uh, what was it? it? Uh, yeah. Tsukiyaki Django. Is it like that? Did I haven't you see? seen that one. Oh, no. okay. So... That movie's weird. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know what to say about it since I've <laughs> seen it, so... That's what I've been watching. Ryan, what did you watch? Uh, this week, I have been watching Star Wars, the complete saga on Blu-ray. Ugh. We knew that mm-hmm. next. <laughs> that was my lightsaber sound. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. That was actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, the movies sound out of this world. Maybe the best mix of any movie I've ever heard. And, I mean, I just bought a surround sound bar, and when a spaceship comes from, like, the top right of your screen and comes all the way down it actually moves through the speakers and it was like shaking my fucking house it was awesome and i got no Uh, complaints from the people upstairs Uh, i'm surprised because i was watching one of them but you just can't translate yeah totally no the people above me are freaking (laughs) uh, middle eastern if you hear kayate then you should stop okay yeah (laughs) that's true and i also got dumbo on blu-ray which is an amazing movie oh yeah I've never seen it. You've never seen admit, Dumbo? No. I've tried to watch it twice as an adult, and I fell into, I fell asleep sleep each time. Really? When yeah. I watched it as a kid, I wasn't a big fan, but when I watched it recently as an adult, I thought it was a way better movie than I remember. Well, you watch it for the racist crows, so... I do. I, was, I, was I never seen Elephant Fly. No way, no how! <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. But, no, oh. the movie's fantastic, and at, on Blu-ray, it looks like they animated it yesterday. And I, I, I remember some people don't like that some critics didn't like that they did the same thing to Pinocchio where they went through and they I mean Disney literally went frame by frame and cleaned it all up Yeah. but they said they, these movies should look rough I don't agree with that I no. think that the artists painted and created these characters to look that bright and vibrant and Dumbo is another example of an amazing piece of animation yeah. that's like arguing that, that Metropolis should be watched uncleaned entirely so that every frame has like gook and places where the film is tearing apart and like yeah, exactly th- that doesn't make sense if i want to see a movie like that i'll see one that's on purpose like grindhouse you know what yeah. i mean i'm yeah. not gonna but you know it's leonard malton's favorite disney movie too i didn't know that hmm. yeah that's what i watched and I, I i don't think the star wars are that bad like, the prequel. <sighs> yeah i mean i got me and james got into it yesterday uh oh, yeah because he we, thinks uh, fought. The, 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 we need to sit down and do a commentary. For Ryan split my lip. Totally. Wow. I, I just kept on That's pounding brutal. on it too. Mm. Uh, the packaging's really cool for the set. It so. is. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. I disagree. I I think it it's really cool. It doesn't scream Star Wars to me at all. I think it's really cool, and you know, I would kill for a copy of Star Wars that sounds as good as Brad says it sounds. But I didn't say it sounds good. Uh, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> But I, I mean, we got into it because he, he like you, believes Phantom Menace is the best prequel, and I really, really strongly disagree. And I, 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 I think they're, I think they're all blog, shit, and would like to not own any of them. Huh? I think they're all shit, and would like to not own any of them. But no, no, no. There's some parts in the Phantom Menace. I, I think really, really, if Jar Jar Binks and Boss Nass were not in the Phantom Menace, I think it actually would hold up a lot better. Yeah. And if Anakin Skywalker didn't come home and says, "I'm going to be a Jedi," yippee! 
Yep. <laughs> you go, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, that's the thing. That movie, to me, is a good movie with elements of bad, whereas the other two movies, I think, are bad movies. See, I actually thought the with Attack of the Clones of was better than I remembered it. Ugh. I mean, I'm not saying that... I mean, it's been a while since... It's been a couple of years since I saw it. I watch those movies way more than I should. Um, but, no. I still think... I still think that the... The first one, we, we were talking about this yesterday, and the thing that I want out of Star Wars, and the thing that the, the television show kind of promises, though it's been ten years that they've been promising a te- television show, so it may never happen. But I want somebody to tell me a story in the Star Wars universe that is not tied in with the with the canon we already have. I don't, you know, Darth Vader can be there, you know, killing good guys or whatever, or, you know, you could run into Han, well you can't now because he's old, but you could, you know, run into certain characters, um... But I, I want that universe, but new stories told in that universe. I don't really want the prequel series. But the first one, to me, is the most like what I just said. It's it's a story that doesn't really involve all of this turning somebody into Darth Vader garbage. It's really just like, oh, well, these guys are doing some political stuff to this planet, and it's bad, and then there's Jedi, and we have to stop them, and, you know. And there are, there are shitty elements in there, like Jar Jar Binks, um... But the story itself, I think, is the tightest script that doesn't have all this flabby, like, love story that doesn't make sense. See, the problem with The Phantom Menace, though, is you get scenes with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, and they're talking, and then all of a sudden you get, like, grinded to a halt because you hear, It's a muy, muy bad master! It's a bad! It's a... Unnecessary! And it totally stops the momentum, any momentum that movie has. Because even the... Um, lightsaber battle at the end and the droid, those things are amazing. But then I have to sit there and see Jar Jar runs like, oh no, me gonna get run over! Ay, 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 boy, boy. Well, to be fair, he's not saying anything while he's about to get run over. I'm right? pretty sure he is. <laughs> You're feeling. I think you were like making fun of him. Oh, I was doing it. You know, I was in my house. That was actually him talking. But I, you know, the Attack of the Clones. I think the I, I wrote in my blog too. The biggest problem is really Hayden Christensen oh, because yeah. it seems like he's literally reading like a teleprompter. And I think the line he delivers the worst is every time he calls Obi Wan uh, Master because it's like he's trying to be um, arrogant and cool, and he says. Of course, Master. I didn't want to upset you. Yeah. And then he jumps off the spear. And he's like, oh, I hate when he does that. Oh, he's <laughs> Me too. I really do. Anakin, Anakin Skywalker looks... Uh, is so whiny that he makes Luke Skywalker look good. Like, Dude, he, I, he makes you kind of like Luke because Anakin is so much more whiny. Yeah. I think you guys should rewatch it because Attack Clones isn't that bad. I don't want to rewatch. Except you know that the candle. Uh, oh, God, who cares, Brad? Don't sit there and direct me in my show. <laughs> it's like thirty was, minutes already. Was he thirty was he minutes? Telling you to wrap it up. <laughs> he was. He was oh. telling me to wrap it up. Oh, well, I wasn't listening anyway. I'm reading articles. All right, what did you watch this week, James? <laughs> I really uh, wrap it up. Um, well, I got a few things. First, I want to burn through these these horrible TV shows that I watched because uh, this is the first week of like you know, new TV shows, and there's some stuff that Season I thought, premieres. like, yeah, I thought, well, in series premieres, you know, the, none of these are shows that, these are all new shows, um, anyway, most of them are bad, uh, Person of Interest came out this week, it was on Thursday, it's written by, uh, Jonathan Nolan, who is Christopher Nolan's brother, um, and I thought, cool, and then it's got Michael Emerson from Lost, who I adore, and then it's got, um, uh, Jesus, and... <laughs> 
I thought like okay well that that could probably be good it's not um it's really it's really really horrible I was surprised though it has Natalie Z in it who's from Justified and a couple other shows um but what the show boils down to is well I guess I should tell you it's it's about okay Michael Emerson's character has a computer and it gives him the social security numbers of people who in the next like 48 hours are gonna have either they're gonna die or they're gonna kill somebody or something bad is gonna happen surrounding them um like the minority report thing yes yes yeah, sort of um and then jim caviezel and michael emerson have to figure out what's going on with that person and try and save them but what the show boils down to is pretty much every commercial break you come back to the show and you watch jim caviezel with some binoculars watching a scene take place over there and then that scene is over, and then he's like, this is what we learned. And then, uh, you know, at the end there's a little twist, and all the stuff you think you learned isn't actually true, and then they shoot somebody or send somebody to jail. And it's not interesting. It's not very well written. There's a line in there where uh, the one sort of turn that I liked was that they they reveal that the computer was built after 9-11 to try and predict things like that. And what they what Michael Emerson reveals is that the government still has the machine and they use it to try and avoid you know big things when lots of people are going to die uh but the computer deletes the names of like you know when a couple people are going to die uh and that's what he's using that cuz he wants to save these little people and i thought that was going to be cool but in that conversation he also says that he was working in New York on the day of 9/11 but didn't know it had happened till that evening and i was like no no who wrote this garbage no that no one, no one had that experience. Not a single person had that experience. Uh, and it was those kind of lines where they just sort of drop the ball. And Jim Caviezel's hamming it up. Most of the movie, he's just like he shows up with a big gun and either shoots it at somebody or he doesn't. It or show, I should say. Uh, anyway, it's not good. Uh, the new girl with Zoe Deschanel, not good. Uh, the two broke girls with Cat Dennings. Not good. Kat, Kat Dennings is pretty good, and I will probably watch the next episode. She has big boobs. She does? She does? Um, and she's she's fantastic in that show. Like, you know, she, you give her comedy to do, and she will deliver it. But it's... I think it's not as good a comedy as she makes it out to be, and then everybody else is given the same level of shitty comedy, and then they, they play it flat and garbagey. And the, the, the premise is kind of neat, but it's not good. Uh, and then the Playboy Club. Now, the Playboy Club is one of two shows that are, you know, finally in the wake of Mad Men, where they want to capitalize on all this nostalgia drama stuff. Um, did either of you watch the Playboy Club? Okay, I didn't think so. I could see um, the the per, like the ads for the show and say, oh, I'm not going to watch that. No, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to watch Hurts it either. Pretty. But I, I, yeah, I wanted to give it a shot. She's also pretty in uh, Drive Angry. It didn't help that movie either. Uh, <laughs> um. What would you say if I told you that ten minutes into that show, uh, when you still hardly know the two main characters, uh, they are dumping a body in the river together? I, I, I was dumbfounded. I. What's the show about? I thought it was about a nightclub. I club. don't. It is. It's about a nightclub. But a Playboy Club in Chicago, am I correct? Yeah, but they don't set up characters. They just. It starts and like ten minutes in. Uh, this guy tries to rape her, and she kills him with her shoe, accident. like she's ki- trying to kick him off and stabs him in the neck with her heel, nice. and then you find out that he was in the mob. And if the show, the show could be interesting if instead they had spent the whole first episode setting up these characters and this, this world, and then at the end that happened and she stabbed the guy in the neck, 
but instead the whole first episode is like you're supposed to have liked this character even though you don't know who she is and the rest of the episode is wondering whether or not she's going to get caught and her kind of whining and being afraid and it, it it completely misses the point of why Mad Men is good if you're somebody who likes Mad Men because that's a show that is subtle and it in the, the truth is the first episode doesn't set up a lot of what Mad Men ends up being. The first episode actually you they just talk in Mad Men because that set up the premise. For well, me. they they do, <laughs> but like the first episode of Mad Men, you go through the whole episode and he's sleeping with these people and he's doing all this advertising stuff, and then at the end he goes to home to his wife and kids, and you you realize like this guy has wife has a wife and kids, and it it changes the way you view that whole episode, mm-hmm. and then that becomes a whole uh, new factor in the show. My favorite um, thing is to tear down Mad Men because everybody loves it, but I think yeah. it's not good. I haven't I seen it. But my, if you're my, tired, turn it on, you'll fall asleep. <laughs> my point is, I feel like if you want to make a show that this kind of drama, you put the hook at the end. You yeah. know? Like, if people are going to watch the show and give it a chance, you don't really need to put the hook at the beginning and be like, see, this is what the show's going to be about, don't turn it off after the first commercial. N- no. Put the hook at the end so that they come back the next week. You know? Yeah. Introduce us to characters that we like, and then at the end say like you know and then the plot is going to be this you know then give us a little hint of where it's going to go you know lost is the same way where that that whole first episode is them crashing and they you you meet those characters and then there's little hints that there's something wrong with the island you know um so the my the playboy club is bad well, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. If you want to set up a show, I mean, one of my favorite episodes of Buffy isn't actually the reveal of Angelus turning bad. Is the build up to them mm-hmm. uh, fucking, and then at the end of the episode, he just runs out, and you're like, "What the hell?" And the episode ends, and then you turn it on next when you find out they turned bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I saw was I, f- I finally saw Limitless, which is the movie with Bradley Cooper uh, from earlier this year. That is directed by the guy. I don't remember his name, but he's the guy who right now is in charge of the Uncharted movie, mm-hmm. which is part of why I wanted to see it. Uh, and it is well directed, and it is a pretty good movie. Like I would, I would suggest if if it's on streaming or something, if it's on Netflix, I could say, if it's on <laughs> Netflix, uh, you know, you might watch it on Netflix. But the problem is that it's most of the movie is narrated, and it's only an hour and a half long, so it makes it feel really long. Uh, I I kind of wanted it to be a two-hour movie where they told the story well instead of actually telling you the story. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's what I watched. Nice. Not really. It was a lot of garbage. Uh, yeah, it didn't sound too good. I, I, I forgot. I did see The Office without uh, Michael Scott, and it's still pretty funny. I, I was laughing when Jim asked for Dwight to throw him his phone, and he threw it as hard as he could. <laughs> and he's like where Brad is to me. Was, yeah. And funny. the new episode of Community was this week, and it was really good. Um but the problem is I'm always looking for like a TV show Terriers is the example I keep going back to last year I missed the beginning of Terriers and then when I got onto it I already knew that it was going to get cancelled and it was amazing and I really wanted to I wish I had found that show when it started so I could tell my parents to watch it because I'm always looking for I'm glad they don't listen to the podcast uh, I'm always looking for a show that is fun and episodic but also well written for them to watch because they watch way too much just junk you know <laughs> Um. So, nothing so far. I'm very disappointed. Mm. Right on. Well, I guess we'll speed up and do the trailer for Moneyball. I don't want Brad to give me the the well, roll sign again. I I still think we should quickly review Moneyball before we do the trailer. Okay, fine. Brad Ryan, should people see Moneyball? Oh yeah, people should definitely see Moneyball. Brad, should people see Moneyball? I think it's worth seeing. Yeah, I think so too. Trailer. 
There are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. That's a dollar, man. What? Welcome to Oakland. I need more money. We're not New York. Find players with the money that we do have. I like Perez. Got an ugly girlfriend. Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. You guys are talking the same old nonsense. Like we're looking for Fabio. We got to think differently. Who's Fabio? Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. Who are you? I'm Peter Brand. First job in baseball? It's my first job anywhere. We're going to shake things up. Why don't you walk me through the board? I believe there's a championship team that we could afford because everyone else undervalues them, like an island of misfit toys. We want you at first base. I've only ever played catcher. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. He can't throw. But what can he do? You want me to speak? When I point at you yet. He gets on base. We are card counters at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. I'm heading in. Text me to play by play. Wait, what? I don't watch the games. Billy Bean has tried to reinvent a system that's been working for years. It was a nice theory, just not working out. How long is Billy Bean going to last? He's proven himself right out of a job. In their minds, it's threatening the game, it's threatening the way that they do things. Hey, Daddy, do you think you'll lose your job? What? Where did you hear that? Well, I go on the internet sometimes. Don't go on the internet. Watch TV or talk to people. You're discounting what scouts have done for 150 years. What the hell am I doing? What is happening in Oakland? It defies everything we know about baseball. Just plain crazy. If we win with this team, we'll change the game. This better work. I'm just kidding. He's so handsome. He is. He's My wife doesn't like baseball, but she wanted to see this movie because Brad Pitt was in it. I don't really like baseball, but I wanted to see this movie. Because Brad Pitt was in it, and he's dreamy? I mean, you can say it. It's okay. Yeah. You're amongst friends. Yeah. Um, no, actually, it's because it's an Aaron Sorkin script. But. Yeah, and it was good. It is. So what did you think? Well, you know, I. it was a movie of subtlety. You know, I, I couldn't believe how uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is, I think, the third listed actor in it, and he really doesn't do anything. I, I guess well, was, he doesn't do a lot, but what he does, I think he does well. Yeah, I, I think he's grumpy a lot in this movie. I, I guess it's supposed to prove that the manager was passive, and Billy Bean and Pete are the ones who are really behind the turnaround in Oakland. Yeah. So I guess if you're Art Howe and you went and saw this movie, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> or well, or he may have said that and then went home and went, "Well, yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, yeah, because the, I, I guess the movie should set the movie, uh, Billy." Brad Pitt plays Billy Bean, who's a GM of the Oakland A's. And anybody who follows sports knows that in baseball, the disparity between the best team, the Yankees, and like Oakland or Minnesota payrolls is gigantic. I mean, it's $100 million. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fascinating seeing how he has to make a team work after he lost three of his biggest stars. And yeah, I mean, it's a baseball movie, but it's really not dealing with baseball. 
I mean, baseball is a backdrop. It's the business side of baseball. It's certainly rarely ever see. Yeah, it's very far from like the natural or for the love of the game or something like that, where it's about a player. Oddly enough, it also had some of the best on the field shots I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. I heard to see a Wally Fister. It had, of, I think, some of the most. I just Wally Fister. Is it the Dark Knight? Yeah, that's where oh, he's from. And Batman uh, Begins. Yeah, I'm like, that, I know that name of that yeah. uh, director of photography, and um, and it's also I think it has some of the most emotional scenes with the players themselves. It's got sort of a not throwaway, but it has this little subplot about one particular uh, player. That has an amazing payoff and an amazing. It's um, Hennig, Hennig, Hennig Hatterberg, uh, who, you know, all everything about Billy Bean's story rests on that that guy. But then that guy himself is given this really nice little arc as far as him thinking that he's out of baseball and then. Yeah, you know, actually, one of my favorite ones uh, was the scene he had with David Justice. And being a sports fan, mm-hmm. I mean, I know David Justice in the mid '90s was an amazing baseball player hmm. and he was arrogant he played on the atlanta braves atlanta braves were so good in the mid 90s they won their the al east so many times i mean nl east and so when he had that conversation when he was in the batting cages basically telling him like take one for the team man mm-hmm. you know and he said I, my one of my favorite lines is he says well you're paying me seven million dollars he says actually i'm only paying you three and a half million the yankees are paying you three and a half million dollars to play against them and kind of gives him that extra motivation. I thought that's kind of a cool little yeah, that's a good one. scene. Uh, being a sports fan, yeah, I'm, I'm really actually glad that you know, I'm I'm not a sports person. And what happened was I saw the movie yesterday, and then today I went and saw it with you again. Uh, and I'm really glad that that happened because what I noticed is that the first time I watched it, because I'm not a sports fan, and I, so I didn't know the story that well. I feel like I was paying a lot of attention to uh, the the technical story as far as what they achieved and how they changed baseball and and exactly what they were doing. Um, And so what that meant was that I sort of missed some of the emotional story. And so what's funny is the first time I watched the movie, there's a scene at the end that is easily the funniest scene in the movie. Um, It's the the scene when they're watching the video. Yeah. Right. Um, That everybody else in the theater is laughing, and the first time I watched it, I laughed too. And the second time I watched it, everybody else was laughing, and I was, like, starting to cry. Because the second time I watched that movie, I realized that, for me, it's not a movie about baseball, and it's not even a movie about this guy changing baseball. It's about Billy Bean proving to himself that he didn't completely screw up his life. Mm-hmm. Because he is so filled with regret. And and the thing about Brad Pitt is that when he comes on the screen, he seems so charismatic that I think he covers up the fact that at the first 20 minutes, he's actually a little bit pathetic. He's a little bit like he he doesn't he wants things to be better but he he feels like he's he's shackled and he can't really do anything about it um and he's this he's trying to do something with this team to prove that this mistake that he made when he was young hasn't ruined his life and then in the end it's not even what he decides to do at the end is so powerful and wonderful that it's i it kills me it really this movie yesterday when i saw it was really good and today it is amazing brad what do you think about the movie i liked it uh a lot wow that was insightful anyways <laughs> continue no, no really brad yeah really, really when you do that no really i have a hard time articulating my thoughts uh yeah uh, like i really enjoyed the like that aspect of the movie of uh billy bean like how they portray they give you the sense that he um 
uh, deep down feels like he was misjudged, uh, and he wants to correct that by using the system to prove all those people who put him on this path that he is now to kind of throw it back in their face and prove them wrong. Um, and, you know, he uh, uses Hatterberg as like a direct uh, vessel for that. Right. Um, so, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel misjudged and worthless. So it just kind of connects. Brad, why do you feel worthless? You're I'm not, not going to go on about that on the episode. I'm just saying that it just, <laughs> oh. it, it, the emotional resonance is there. Like I, I really feel like they conveyed that through the movie yeah. really well. And yeah, I, I went in mostly thinking like, okay, I'm going to watch a movie about a baseball. And like you, the first time I was watching for like, I don't remember the Oakland A's winning any championships. So where's this movie going? Yeah. Um, well, recently. Um, so I was kind of mostly focused on that. And as I was watching all the the metaphors of the movie unfold, I started to pay attention to that exact aspect of Billy Bean's self-imposed uh, guilt. Guilt, a, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... Um, he, and acting out on it, through, like, using the system. And then uh, the end part where he's watch, he's listening to his daughter's song in the car. Mm. And we're in spoiler territory, so... Like, yeah, oh, yeah, She's yeah, calling yeah. him a loser? Like, I was... Well, she's just... She, that's just as a joke. Okay. I mean, that's... Like, I was like, is the movie trying to say that he is a loser for no. not taking that job? No, no, no. <laughs> it's more... I was like, it's more that if that's... Uh, if there weren't a little bit of her personality in that song at the end, then the song at the end just becomes a song. Whereas you you have her do something like that where she's making fun of her dad uh, as a way to remind you that this is his daughter singing to him. Um at least that's how I it, thought it was what I the think. movie trying to explain to the audience like no, whoa he really no. screwed up by not taking that job because no no it's just when him. he went to Boston I was like oh well this is 2002 right so and it's two years Boston won the World Series so this must be where the story's going is that he was responsible for that championship and I guess it, not no, well Theo Epstein is the general manager of Boston but he <laughs> he is because he proves that this theory is you know that we get that amazing Aaron Sorkin moment where the the man the owner of the Red Sox gives this spiel about like you know the first guy who goes through the wall is always the one who gets chewed up the most and you've you it may not look like it now but you have changed things you know um, and so he has won as far as that's concerned there and then the question is at his very core when he's presented with the same mistake that he made before as far as choosing money over in this case his daughter he chooses his daughter because that's where that scene gets so good to me is because it's not even about you know you think that he's trying to do all of this to prove to himself that he hasn't you know just failed his whole life and in the end you know it's almost schlocky and cheesy as he goes well i haven't because i have my daughter you know like how can he go to go and and be successful at at the at, in boston and not be able to go home to his daughter and that's the, that killer moment where that's the the home run that he doesn't realize he missed even though she has like two scenes in the movie you know yeah. that also um rock didn't the rockies have a longer win streak like in 2007 they did so hmm. this but this is <laughs> after he changed things two different games yeah well i mean Do the, the rockies, rockies that system? Could, well i mean yeah the rockies don't have a big payroll so they have to put people in place that you know can fill a need i mean you get lucky i mean troy tulowitzki the rockies drafted him 
And then you got someone like Carlos Gonzalez, who the Rockies got from the Oakland A's for Matt Holliday. You know, it, it works out. And I think this is actually Brad Pitt's best performance in a movie mm-hmm. because he you can actually see the character grow throughout the movie. Absolutely. Where he starts off as, I don't watch the games. I don't have the payroll I want, so I can't keep these players. They take everything away from me. What can I do? And, um, and Jonah Hill is really good in it, too. It's kind of a, yeah. like they take away his zaniness, of course. Um, but it gets him to look at things a whole new way, and he decides he's not going to have a relationship with the players. But what really turns the team around is when he actually starts going in and talks to him as a player, not as, I'm the boss, and you, you know, I got you on my team. It's take a pitch, you know, lead this team. And Yeah, because that's the moment where he's not even just, you know, they're doing this whole card-counting kind of style of managing the team. And at that point, he's not even, he's not just doing that He's also teaching the players exactly. how they can better help that format. You know, he's he's almost telling them to stop playing the game that they've always, the way they've always played it. Yeah. Um, oh he, yeah, he's he's really impressive. And I love the uh, scene where uh, Jonah Hill has to his character Pete has to send away Carlos Pena, <laughs> and he has this really nice thing that has athletics you know logo on it. it says that you need a call, and he says okay, thanks, and then. Billy Bean calls Jeremy Giambi and he gives him a post-it with someone he needs to call and sends him on his ways. Uh, Subtle yeah. little things like that are pretty funny. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's a it's a really good script because of things like, you know, like you were talking about, um, what's his name, Howe, uh, Andy. Right? Andy Howe? Um, uh, Art Howe. Art Howe, sorry. Um, you know, he's sort of villainized so much at the beginning and then he does have a moment where he gets to kind of redeem himself. Yeah. And so even that guy... Like, gets this yeah, little he bit believed of an arc where he finally he... turns around, and uh, it's it's a really great movie. And it's just funny because, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, it, like, his whole role in that movie is just to look disgruntled. <laughs> yeah. He has that one moment at the beginning where he says, I can't, um, I can't, do this I can't on manage one-year. on a one-year contract, and, he, you know, they're not going to give it to him because it's Oakland A's, and... And so he kind of manages that way, but then he realizes he's part of something something uh, different. Did Art, Art Howe get an extension after that year? Or? I don't remember. I think he won Manager of the Year, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, according you, to the movie, he was a dick. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to. If you if your team won 20 games in a row, I'd be surprised. <laughs> and made the playoffs. I mean, Jim Tracy won Manager of the Year, and his team didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, no, they did. I'm sorry. The Rockies didn't make the playoffs and lost in the wild card two years ago to the Phillies. But they had the same run. Like, they won 13 of 14. And he's still one manager of the year, so yeah, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Speaking about uh, uh, Seymour Hoffman, uh, we were talking about it's directed by a guy named Bennett Miller, who I didn't really know who that was, uh, and he's the guy who directed Capote. This is mm. that's the last movie he did before this one, so mm-hmm. so maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman like maybe recommended him yeah. or something. Oh, and I didn't talk about before. I, I meant to look this up, and I can't. I can't find it. This was a movie that was originally supposed to be directed by. Um, Steven Soderbergh and was a couple weeks away, maybe even a week away from s- starting filming, and then something fell apart and uh, Soderbergh stepped Fudge. away and and I'm the truth is I'm fine with it now because it turned out to be an amazing movie. I was always afraid because like I I want every script by Andy, Aaron Sorkin to get the best director and become the best movie, and so I was afraid like oh well if they give him some other guy and it gets fucked up but it's fantastic i did read an article i is in entertainment weekly and brad pitt talks about that how oh, really? he, yeah he uh he said that he was nervous with this guy coming in because it was really hard for him to get this movie made because one it's a movie about baseball baseball movies don't do that well and he took uh 
a pay cut, obviously, for it, because hmm. he believed in it, and he's the one who really got it going. Wow. And so, yeah, I, 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 man, I, you brought that up, and I was trying to remember exactly what he said, and I don't want to misquote him, because I'm sure he listens to this all the time, and I don't want Brad Pitt to get mad at me. And the uh, the other writer on the movie, there, there's Ian Sorkin, and then the other guy is the guy who wrote Hannibal and Gangs of New York and American Gangster, and then he wrote the new version of the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, wow. Um, which actually looks really cool. Yeah. Like, that trailer was really long. As the, I know. Oh, really? I, I saw it yesterday. I, I looked away. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I stopped watching it because David Fincher movies have really nice style, and I don't want to remember any of the shots when I see that movie. It's really bizarre because, you know, like I was talking to James earlier, you know, the first one is just this music playing, and it, they don't talk in it. It just shows, like, like quick clips. And then this one, I swear, how long do you think that trailer was? Like three it's, and a half minutes. It's like three, a condensed three, version of the three movie. Hours, it's, it's three hours. It's three hours. It's three minutes and 36 seconds long. Because I saw it on, on the internet. It's a long trailer. And for it them is. to literally go through each beat of the movie. Yeah. Well, they sort of go through a lot of the beats of, of getting the characters together. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I So hopefully the, hopefully the mystery part, they haven't spoiled anything of. But, yeah, I mean, it's not. That first trailer is one of the best trailers of the year. I agree, but I, maybe it's because everybody's the the Swedish versions are really popular too of the movie, so maybe they yeah. think that everybody's seen them. That I'm hoping there's less rape in the new one. <laughs> I'm not. A, I, I, like, I I don't know. I doubt it. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I mean Fincher never really holds back in his movies, so yeah, I know. I don't want to watch people get raped. Yeah, it's never fun. I mean, <laughs> I, if, if you if you told me that you wanted to watch people being raped, I'd be a little more worried uh, about you. Because <laughs> then it would really be the last episode of <laughs> Real Nerds. Yeah. And that little girl in the movie, she did really well. She did. Yeah. Because she's got a couple of uh, hard emotional beats to to hit. That are, she does a good job. And they couldn't get a good actor to play Anakin Skywalker. And okay. Yeah. Well, it's just as a little boy, yippee! <laughs> the worst. That's because hey. uh, there's a there's a um, there's a feature on the original episode one DVD where they because there's a feature for everything on that DVD. Um, yeah, that was my first DVD. My first DVD was Star Trek. Really, mine so was WrestleMania fifteen. Ew. Um, <laughs> it's Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's a there's a whole documentary on them casting Jake Lloyd, and the majority of that video, I I noticed this now, but I didn't think about it at the time. It's mostly about finding somebody who kind of looks like uh, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. It it wasn't a lot of like them having him do lines. It was mostly like mm. who kind of looks like he could be their dad. You know what I when found out was about eight. him? He uh he lived he's lived in Fort Collins, Colorado. Jake when? Lloyd. For how long? Uh, he was born here. Oh wow! And he went on to do Star Wars and made people hate him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he like he doesn't do interviews anymore. No, he quit acting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Star Wars scarred because him because he life. wasn't good at it. I mean, because <laughs> he didn't want to do it anymore. Anyways, anyway. you should go see a good movie, and that's Moneyball. Oh, that's fantastic. Though we should talk about this movie just attracts old people. Oh yeah, we should talk about the old people. Stoners. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I think they're worse than Stoners. I, I did like the old lady in front of us when. Uh, they hit a home run. She's like, oh, wait, 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 When the sound in the movie drops out to be really poignant, and you're just supposed to watch. Yeah. <laughs> just supposed to watch the scene unfold and watch the moment of greatness happen. And then the old lady says, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> what did she say when the... They he hit a home run. Oh, he when hit he a hit, home when run. When he hit the home run, he, yeah. she just went, 
hit home run. <laughs> of course he did, lady. Thanks, Watch lady. the movie. Oh, I wasn't sure man. because they didn't actually show it yet. Well, I was kind of waiting to see. Maybe it's a triple. Maybe it's a double. Yeah, but good and news. Then she explains it, she, and then everyone's surprised. Aren't, yeah. aren't you glad she was there? Because you wouldn't have known by watching it. Well, I'm sure. Seeing if it I going waited, over the wall. If I had waited two or three more seconds, I would have just seen it. Yeah, but, but she she helped you. Really. Yeah, she just kind of <laughs> got got to the point for me. But it's funny because before we went, James was talking the show he saw yesterday. He was there and he says, why do old people just sit there and talk throughout the movie? And well, it was because yesterday, like, um, yesterday there was a guy two seats down from me who at one point, like, had a 10, 15 second conversation with his wife pretty loud about the fact that he'd never seen Philip Seymour Hoffman's haircut that short. <laughs> I was like, see, why do you need to talk about that in the movie? And, you know, part of that is the kind of stuff we, we haven't talked about the fact that this movie is really quiet. There is not a lot of, there's very little music. There are a lot of scenes where there's, you know, there's dialogue, but not a lot of actual sound in the background for a reason. There's actually a scene where they explain to you why the first half of the movie is silent. Um, and I think that because of that, th those things in a normal movie, when there's music and stuff like that, people whispering to each other would be okay. You wouldn't hear it, but it's so quiet. And but apparently these people just cannot contain themselves. They have to say something. I know. I, I never got that. I never had the urge in a movie. Like, home run. <laughs> Round those bases. Round them. Being rude oh. has no age limit. I know. Isn't that bizarre? Oh, and she, that lady also, when they were, uh, when they were 11 and 0, and then the other team started coming back, she was, like, adding it up when she would, like... She added up wrong. You hear added up wrong. Yeah, there was one, there was one point she was like, "Oh, that's 11. and then it was ten. It showed ten on the screen. And <laughs> yeah, I was looking for her to be. I was hoping she would go, "Oh," but no, she just she just played. She it just, she just waited and then was like, "Home run." She's like, "I hope no one heard me." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a shame because she was like eleventy-one years old. So eleven. I'm sure she was. Yeah, she. I'm sure she was a really nice lady, but uh, she needs to stay home. She's sitting there going like. When are the avatars going to be on screen? <laughs> totally wrong movie. <laughs> Poor old lady. Oh. Uh, before we end this podcast, I'll end it with a Brad Pitt story I read on the internet. Oh. Um, the fuck was that noise? I have no idea. It's oh the it's them rolling around on there. They play barrel of monkeys with each other. <laughs> um, so Brad Pitt is filming World War Z right now, and he saved an extra from being trampled no way uh yeah there's there's a huge scene um where they're filming and people are panicking because zombies are chasing him and i guess an extra got like toppled over and people are starting to like run over her and he ran and filmed picked her up and ran with her till to the end of the shot and this is how cool brad pitt is when they interviewed him in entertainment weekly he's like i saved somebody he said hey i'm not gonna let someone fall and get hurt He's so cool that he like literally saved somebody from being trampled, and it's not a big deal to him. Did they? Did they use like that shot? Dude, they should the use movie? that shot in the they movie. That'd totally be awesome. Use that shot in the movie. So Brad Pitt, um, he might cheat on his wife, but he's still a wait. He cheated on his wife. Yeah, with Angelina Jolie. Oh, did he? That was. I don't I actually. I don't. I don't read People magazine, so I don't actually understand when these things happen. Uh, I love Jennifer Aniston, so she was wronged. Oh, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Anyways, so next week, next week Ryan. we are seeing 50-50. Yeah, we are. Um, I am so excited. James already told me this is going to be the best movie of the year. No, that's not what I said. Wow, pretty bold. I said it's going to be one of my favorites. I think it has a 50-50 chance of being the best <laughs> movie of the year. <laughs> 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 
Um, well, this week I will go see Abduction, and I'll let you guys know if it lives up to the Were Taylor really? Lautner. If you really uh, go, no. I'll go with you. I will not spend money on that Ryan, movie. Ryan, I'll go with you. If someone says, hey, Ryan, can, here's a free ticket then... to go see Abduction, I said, can you just kidnap me, roll me in carpet, and throw me in a river instead? Because We can, we can buy <laughs> tickets to the Machine Gun Preacher and go see Abduction instead. Actually, I would rather go see the Machine Gun Preacher. Yeah. Or we can, we can really... go see that? What? We can go see that? Machine Gun Preacher? We can't like right now. Yeah, we could leave right now and go see machine. Do you want to go see machine? Sweet. Game? All right. It's getting really bad reviews. By the is way. it really? Yeah. Oh man, it's but it's got bad. it's got Michelle no, Monaghan well, right here in this picture. There, I'll tell you right now. Um, this is how bad people think abduction is. Uh, when I was on Rotten Tomatoes, looking at the critic score, uh, creature is at six percent, and oh. abduction is at four. It yeah. might have changed. But that's what it was at last time I saw it. A couple weeks ago, though, I was going to, on the podcast, read a good review for Creature. Because there are... It's amazing. It's there amazing is. how that guy twists garbage into Isn't good it things. Oh, and he's the... he At the time, he was the only good review on Rotten Tomatoes for that movie. I think that's why it's 6%, because so few people saw it and reviewed it anyway, <laughs> that one guy could get 6%. Yeah. Oh, What's abduction? Yeah, abduction at? is three percent now. So yeah, machine preacher. gun preacher twenty two. Dolphin tail eighty three. Moneyball. Oh, I was I was I was really afraid that Moneyball was going to be less than Dolphin Tail, but it's ninety four for good reason. Speaking of reviews, Ryan, how can people review our podcast? People can review our podcast by liking us on Facebook and telling us we do a good job. They can also send us an email, realnerds at gmail dot com. If you're Sierra, you can just text James and. <laughs> and say why you don't like us. But in all seriousness, send us email. Yeah, send us if email. If you're listening, send us... I'll, I'll do this joke again. Send us an email telling me to no longer use the joke. Forward us your spam. <laughs> and, yeah. And you can also follow us on Tumblr, realnerds.tumblr.com. And make sure you pick up some Birdman barbecue sauce. That's all I got. I didn't do that yet. I'm going Shit, to. it's delicious. I know. I don't know. Uh... Joe told me the favorite part of that commercial is this chicken tastes like shit. <laughs> uh, I just listened to the Real Gamers podcast. <laughs> I heard that. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. And Brad says nothing. Don't need to. <laughs> it's implied. You know what, Brad? Bye. Oh, you're going to show me the finger again. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to do it because you said, are you ready? And then there's I this, wasn't going there, to, but I, there's I was this like, pause. oh, yeah, that's what I do. I was, I was, waiting, so for, I was waiting for it to happen. I was just waiting. <laughs> Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is... Brad. To my right is... James. I'm in the middle of a dude sandwich. Oh, shit. The movie we saw this week is Moneyball. And as always, Real Nerds is brought to you by Birdman Barbecue. Pick up your bottle at your local Ace Hardware in the Denver metro area. Anyways, let's get the ball rolling with real news. James, yeah. did you want to start real news, or do you want me to give... No, you, you start with your little thing. I'm still looking okay. up articles. So my little thing is... Now, I like the Resident Evil movies. It's hard for me to say that I'm a fan. Um, I do own the trilogy on Blu-ray, because it's like one of the first Blu-ray trilogy sets, along with Spidey. And the, my biggest problem with the first one... Uh, it was Michelle Rodriguez, but luckily for the, yeah. but luckily for us fans, is uh, she turned into a zombie and she was shot in the head. But stop the presses! Guess who's coming back for Resident Evil Five? No way! Uh, yeah, that's uh, Shock to the Drop reported that she uh. is going to be in that movie. 
Are now, you? she might not be. I mean, they said that there's definitely a possibility that she's in the movie because she was mentioned in a casting news or I even know what they the studios pass out to each other or a call list, I guess. I don't know what you'd call it, but she's on yeah. it. That's what is what is her deal? Her like because she's coming back in the Fast and Furious movies too. Yeah, I guess like, she they just, kill her off. I guess she's just like a zombie. If you kill her, she will always come back. Yeah, I mean she's better off dead. I I enjoy <laughs> movies. I enjoy movie franchises where they've already killed off Michelle Rodriguez because I think like well at least I'm safe. And then this <laughs> is just like it, it it shakes me to the core. Yeah, I, I, so that was my little bit of funny news. I say really, how are they gonna bring this chick back? She was capped in the head, whilst a zombie. Did she mutate just before the bullet hit her and the bullet did penetrate her cranium all the way? Yeah, she'll come back and, like, uh, you know, she'll have a brain that splits open and has, like, toothy tentacle things in it or some shit. I don't understand those movies. Well, Paul W.S. Anderson, I'm sure, has a clever way of bringing her back into the universe. I'm sorry, there's another three dimensions movie. Dude, the... Oh, of course there is. Did you know the fourth one's the highest grossing one in the franchise? No. Which is insane, because it's the worst. Yeah, it's made something... Uh, I'm not sure worldwide, but like 170 million dollars worldwide. They cost like 20 million dollars to make. Yeah, it's a big right. profit. We talked about it last year at the end of the year podcast uh, because those movies I enjoy going to because I think they're they're horrible and schlocky, but in a way that is kind of fun. You know, I I enjoy watching that movie and laughing at the stupid shit that's going on. Uh, but not four. Four was just there was so much slow mo and and. Not even crazy stuff happening, just like, uh, th- I, we thought maybe this would be cool, and then it just wasn't. It was just boring the whole time. And then 3D, it's, it, that, it's a muddy mess. Ugh. Just didn't happen. So are you saying, Brad, that you didn't see Resident Evil 4? No, I saw it. I just... Oh. Yeah. oh okay. <laughs> that, that's I, how he feels about the whole series. I was trying to start a discussion. I was, just, I was just making the joke that, like, <laughs> do we need another one? That's like how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's a bummer, though? I remember when the trailer for the second one came out. The trailer was actually really cool. It was this girl who was using cosmetics uh, by the Umbrella Corporation, and in the end, when she put, I don't know, like, uh, face cream or something on, she turned into a zombie. Hmm. Of course, it had nothing to do with the movie, and... But, yeah. James, yeah, that, you... that actually sounds like it would be an interesting movie. Exactly. As opposed to all of the things that we have actually seen. But don't worry, too. I also read that the dude who played Wesker is going to be in the movie. And he, you know how. You mean, wait, the guy who dies at the end of the fourth one? Yeah, the, with a, well, his thing goes away and it blows up. So I mean, he could jump. He could have jumped out. And he's such a great actor that oh. the series really needs his commanding presence. Oh, because they can't kill him because he's like got some kind of zombie thing in his head or something. Yeah, what the problem is is I mean he, he has like that back. in Resident Evil Five, but they actually have you know game not yeah they have the twenty hours of the game explaining how he becomes that way. Actually, yeah. he becomes that way in Resident Evil Code Veronica, but that's the fourth game of the series. And then by the time you get to Resident Evil 5, you find out that he's basically injected himself with a bioweapon, and that's why he's able to dodge bullets and stuff. And, I mean, the last scene where he, they're fighting him in Resident Evil 4, the movie, is exactly the last scene in Resident Evil 5, the video game. Really? Yeah, where if you try to shoot him, he just dodges it. And then he taunts you and kicks you and beats you up. But for some reason, the cinematography and the acting and the uh, stuff is better in the game than it was in a multi-million dollar movie. I can't believe I want to go see that movie. Anyway. Anywho. Um, <laughs> I figured we'd start with the good news, then spend the rest of the time talking about all the bad news. Uh, they're bringing... 
the Alamo Draft House to Denver. Now, the Alamo Draft House is a chain of theaters in Texas, and there's a few of them. There's mostly just there's one in Austin, I believe, is where it started. Uh, and it's coming to Littleton, that, though. Wait, well, it's coming to uh, Aspen Grove, Lakewood, Aspen Grove. Or where is it? Little, yeah, yeah, no, Little Santa. Right, yeah, Santa. When Fair. you say Littleton, I think where I live, which is not actually Littleton. Um, yeah, it's coming to Aspen Grove. It'll be known as the uh, Aspen Grove Draft House. Though I think it will still say Alamo Draft House on the outside. Mm. I'm not sure. What. It's the Alamo um, Draft House at Aspen Grove. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like hopefully, hopefully something like that. But, uh, the point is that they're trying to expand that brand, and we're the first place that they're coming, uh, which is awesome. It's you know, it's a, uh, it's kind of like the the Greenwood Village landmark where they they show big movies, but they also show the little indie movies, and they have a smaller theater that you can rent out, and they do food, and they do alcohol, and they sweet. So I could rent out a theater and just have Amazing Spider-Man with my friends. Uh, yeah, I mean, awesome. good. You can do that with the landmarks here. Yeah, oh, really? they offer that. Yeah, will we have Spider-Man there? You can request it. <laughs> I wonder how much that costs, you know? It's probably out of our price range. So, <laughs> yeah, so I have $100. Will that rent out an entire screening of Spider-Man? It might rent you five minutes. <laughs> I swear, I swear we'll be clean. And if not, I'll clean up afterwards. Is that knock the price down a little? Um, no. I, I think it's fantastic. I yeah, it's cool. Uh, so and I think it's neat that they chose Denver. I mean, Denver is kind of a... I mean, it's not L.A. or New York, but the truth is... It's it's up there as far as towns that have a good uh, indie film environment around them. You know, we've got well, the Telluride Film Festival is pretty well respected. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. We've got Telluride Film Festival that's at least in Colorado. Um, but I think it's exciting. Can't wait. Don't they? Uh, they're pretty big on showing old classic movies. Yeah, they do a lot of movie series t- kind of things. Yeah, and not just new releases. Yeah, it's it's like a and this is. Hearsay and and everything I've read on blogs for years, and always wishing that I could go to the Alamo Draft House. Uh, yeah, they you know it's a more fun kind of very uh, movie buff sort of theater where they're not just doing it for making money; they're doing it for the film fans, you know. Right. And um, often fans create art for. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. They releases. they are one of the theaters that do a lot of the like. Um, like if they're having a retro fest fans will get together and create posters to yeah, they'll, yeah they'll they'll use fan made posters to, yeah. to which are from what I've seen really oh they're amazing a lot better yeah. than most yeah a lot of them tend to be that posters. sort of uh, uh, modern graphical uh, minimalist minimalist is what yeah minimalist kind of designs and they're really cool yeah you know, they're the ones where you have to have already seen the movie and you look at it and you go um, I see what you did there that Ryan can appreciate the latest one that I've seen is uh for the Friday the, Friday the 13th series, yeah, um, it's like a 24-hour Friday the 13th marathon, and the poster is the hockey mask, but the mask is made out of all the different objects that Jason is killed with throughout the series. So oh, that's, that's cool. Very cool. Well, the Emmys were last week. They were. Uh, and the I Emmys? didn't watch them. Did anybody <laughs> watch the Emmys? I never watched the Emmys. Uh, nor should you. Uh, the... So Mad Men won for best drama, which I'm. You know, I'm, you know what happens in Mad Men? Really? Exactly what we're doing now. Yeah, Talking. but it's it, but it's way more interesting than what we're talking False. about. False. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it beat. I'm just glad it beat out Game of Thrones. I would have I would have broken some shit if and Game see, of Thrones had won anything. Uh, Brad is smoking and drinking right now, so it's just like the uh, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> Mad Men. 
Yeah. Well, after this, we just have to. And all I have to do is be sexist. Two of us have to have sex, and then then it'll be madness. Hey, secretary. I don't want to get back in the kitchen. It is true. I, I, I rewatched the first season of Mad Men this week. I won't talk about that later. Uh, and I, I was watching it and I'm going, I'm surprised Ryan doesn't like this just because of how, how sexist it is. I am not a sexist person. <laughs> I might be uh, down with violence and profanity in movies. Towards but women? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. I think he's more misogynist, right? Yeah, yeah. this is... And it's more just... Hey! It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's more just that he watched a lot of Dick, Dick Van Dyke. But you know what, Dick Van Dyke's amazing. Yeah, I wonder how. I wonder who got him started on that. <laughs> biggest, the biggest problem with the Emmys was that uh, it means that Steve Carell never won an Emmy for the, for playing The Office. Oh, that's a bummer. He played never. Steve. He played uh, Michael Scott. He didn't play The Office. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I, Steve Carell is The Office on <laughs> you know The what? Office. You know what? He kind of was The Office for me. Uh, I love that show, but anyway. Uh, so he never he never won for The Office. That that show was huge, and he was amazing on it. And the fact that he lost in his final year to Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory, the most offensive towards geek show that is on <laughs> TV, uh, is horrible. He all that guy also beat Louis C.K. from Louis, obviously, uh, and that show was brilliant. I it, it's infuriating. I can't I can't stand it. And I've never seen all it. of that all of that is shadowed by the fact that for the second year in a row, Community was completely snubbed. Got nominated for nothing at all. Modern Family won, like, Best Comedy. Do you think Community doesn't get nominated because they basically tell TV that they have stupid conventions and that they just turn it on their side? I think it doesn't get nominated. I don't know if you know this, but the way the Emmys work is uh, shows aren't actually awarded based on the show. The way the Emmys work is you submit an episode of your show to, uh, like, the Emmys, and then all those episodes are watched by the judging groups, and there's multiple judging groups, but uh, all those episodes are watched and then judged based on the episode itself. So shows don't really win the Emmys, episodes win the Emmys. So it's that's, like, why Lost won its first season, but then never won again, because the first season they submitted the pilot which is an episode that you don't need to be watching Lost to understand. You can just watch that episode and be like, oh, that was really cool, and that really stuck with me, and then move on. Shows that tend to, like, Community, and Arrested Development was one of them, though that one strangely would win. Um, shows that are very, have a lot of inside jokes and have a very specific kind of comedy in them, um, or are serialized, tend to not win, simply because you have to already be watching that show, yeah. and if half of the people in the, in the judging group aren't watching it, those people aren't going to vote for that show, because they'll watch it and go like, well, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't appeal to me, even though it might be the better written, smarter, more progressive show on television. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I mean, it's just like, the Oscars are totally political, it's not... But even, like, the Oscars, I can, it's voted on, you know, I, I can appreciate the Oscars more. Like, I hate when it gets political like this, but the Emmys are such a crock at this point, that I, I don't think that any of what they do makes any impact on on the industry anymore. I know if you know maybe if The Walking Dead was nominated and won for best dramatic series was not nominated. Wasn't I would have watched it just to see if it'd win for a zombie movie to get critical accolades. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely unbelievable. It is. But not as unbelievable as what Netflix did this week. Which is 
Alright, hold on. Let me create a theme song to, uh, you know. A theme song for start. this week, Who Fucked Up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Netflix fucked up. Okay. Who fucked up this week? <laughs> See, I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy that as a. As a uh, anyway. Because, uh, yeah, we've done a lot of that. A lot of stories about Who Fucked Up. Anyway, this week, Netflix decided that in order to make up for the fact that they raised prices, they would make their service harder to use. I, that's all it boils down to. I mean, oh, wait, we explain. Okay, so they've decided that they are. Did you read about this? No. Oh, really? You don't no. know about this at all? No, I don't really follow Netflix, so I get give two. Okay. Wife does. Well, my wife me, does. Enlighten me. All right, I'm excited to to tell you this then. Um, Netflix is splitting their company in half. Netflix is now going to be the name for just their streaming uh, service, and then they are inventing a company called Quickster. Which will be the name of their DVDs in the mail service, which is also going to involve uh, video games in the mail. Uh, they will together the two prices will add up to the same thing you're paying now if you're if you're paying for both of them. Uh, but they will be on your uh, you'll be billed for them separately. You will also have two different websites and two different queues, which means that let's say Moneyball is coming out on DVD. And you want to see it? You want to see it? You want to rent it, but you don't know if it's going to be on streaming or not. So you put it on your queue for the DVDs in the mail. It's not automatically going to tell you that it's also on streaming. And if it pops up on streaming while it's in your queue, it's not going to automatically be on your instant queue in the other one. It's just horrible. This is the dumbest decision I've seen a company make in a long time. Why is it called Quickster? Because they don't know how to make up good names anymore. <laughs> Netflix. It's based, on, it's based on the fact that they believe that their DVD mailing is very fast, which it kind of is. Yeah. I actually get my discs when I had it within like a day or two. So. But here's the problem. You didn't unplug the computer. At this point, oh. So hopefully it's not too annoying for the first. Yeah. It'll be 15 all right. Fifteen minutes. minutes. <laughs> It'll be all Sorry. right. It's all right. No, no, it's fine. Been away for a while. <laughs> 